Got him. Woof. He's a chief, baby. Choo-choo. 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 Ah, <laughs> we were begging for this. We were and begging was- for it. We've, we've been begging for it for years now, literally, yeah. since he was a free agent last year into this free agency period. Last week, this week, Wednesday, it's now Friday night. We're recording an emergency podcast because Juju Smith-Schuster announced at 218, excuse me, this would have been 218 Mountain Time, 318 Arrowhead Time, hashtag Chiefs Kingdom. Let's go. Woo. Woo. Yeah, this is such a good fit for the Chiefs, and it's you know, the wide receiver two conversation has been a long conversation for a long time in the kingdom. And they're really, you know, Sammy was brought in and he was fun when he was healthy, but it never really, you know, worked for too long in a row. And then but it worked when, in the playoffs. It worked well, in the playoffs. The Super Bowl. And then Sammy proof left in free agency. Proof of concept. That's a great way of putting Sammy Watkins on the Chiefs. Proof of concept. But yet... Then when he left in free agency for Baltimore last year, that void was just never really filled. Like Byron Pringle was fine and D-Rob was dumb. And And McCole Hartman Hartman had his moments. Had his moments late mostly, but really didn't step into the role the way that I think the Chiefs planned the season to go. So now they went into this offseason and they said, fuck it. We're going to go out and we're going to get a guy that we have a lot of tape on that we feel really good about in NFL offense. And they got Juju! This is a it's a great signing because and this is this is the guy I comped him to in free agency last year. Like this is the Sammy Watkins replacement. And you know, he's six six one, two hundred and fifteen pounds. He's a little bit smaller than Sammy, but he's so physical and he's not afraid to go across the middle of the field. Like he's had some injury issues, obviously, the last um the last this last year and then two years ago he missed uh, four games. Um but he's a tough guy. I mean, like he wanted to come mm-hmm. back. He did come back for the playoff game last year after, you know, they thought he was going to be out for the season. He's not afraid to go over the middle and make those catches. I think the big question, and I think this is maybe the the big X factor is like, he hasn't really been an outside receiver in a couple of years. Like big Ben's been washed. I mean, two years ago, big Ben literally didn't play. He got hurt in the first game of the year yeah. and he was out for the season. And so his quarterbacks were Mason Rudolph and duck Hodges, right? Sure. Right. That year he ended up playing in 12 games. He had 42 receptions for 552 yards. He was still averaging 13.1 uh, yards per reception that year. The next year, big Ben comes back. That's his age 24 season. He's still just 25 again. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's his age 24 season. Big Ben comes back. He plays in 16 games, 128 targets, 97 receptions for 831 yards. 8.6 yards per reception, and he had 8.6 yards per reception again last year. So he really was pigeonholed into this kind of like underneath, you know, crossing route slant route tree, but not because he can't win outside and be an outside receiver and play really all of the receiver positions. It's because Big Ben, if you saw him play the last two years, right. could not get the ball to him more than 10 yards down the field. And as soon as he gets into, I mean, like, we're going to see it in OTAs. Like I can't wait to see Juju in his first interview after like his first session on the field with Patrick Mahomes. It's yeah. going to be, he's going to be ecstatic. <laughs> and he spent 74% of his time in the slot in 2020. And so you wonder, it's kind of a chicken and egg situation. Like were they using him in the slot because they knew that that was their best option given big Ben's limitations and given all the way that Pittsburgh likes to play offense, or was that really because they determined that that was Juju's best spot? Either way, the great thing about this is that Juju and Tyreek are going to have a lot of versatility on where they line up and they're going to be able to use Tyreek Hill in the slot more where he's extremely effective or 
kick him outside and use Juju in the slot. They're just going to be able to do a lot more, you know, fun concepts on offense than they were able to. And can you imagine going from big Ben Roethlisberger with like Chase Claypool and James Washington as your other two big pass catching Deontay Johnson and Deontay Johnson, who's very good to Tyree kill and Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that is as big of a yeah. level up. That's going to be so fun. It's huge. I mean, I think versatility is the name of the game because we've talked about this for as long as we've been doing a podcast, which is what two, two years, two okay. years. Yeah. Two years. The chiefs. I mean, the wide receiver two spot since Sammy Watkins, when Sammy Watkins was healthy, which wasn't very often. Yeah, that day. I remember that day. Yeah, yeah, it was a good day. He performed. And we saw it really like the the best proof of concept for how a wide receiver two works in this Chiefs offense is the 2019 playoffs. And they won the Super Bowl. Yep. And Sammy Watkins was huge in those playoffs. He made huge clutch plays in the AFC Championship game, in the Super Bowl, you know, beating Richard Sherman one-on-one. That really is what Juju gives you the potential of. It's not that, you know, Byron Pringle and Nicole Hardman and even Demarcus Robinson couldn't succeed as role players in very specific roles from time to time, but they weren't going to win one-on-ones and they were not going to beat good cornerbacks in man coverage. And they weren't going to open things up in the way that Juju might. I'm not saying that he will, but I'm saying he has that potential. I mean, the man has a 1400 yard season on his resume. And he was the wide receiver too in that offense. And unlike Josh Gordon, it was two years ago and not, or I was actually yeah, 2018. It was, so it was four it was years ago, but it was definitely, it's, it's well within expectation that if he were to go out and have a thousand yard season that no one would be like, Oh my God, I never saw that coming from Juju Smith-Schuster. Like he's a good young wide receiver. And you know, the change of scenery, the change of offensive scheme, all that stuff is going to do him wonders. And, I just feel like this is the type of signing that, you know, the Chiefs needed as far as how this offseason was going. They Ugh. needed to bring in a a guy with juice, a guy, a guy with some juju. And he is just such a revitalizing shot to the arm of Chiefs Kingdom right now in a time that everyone's getting better. Everybody, Deshaun Watson could have gone to the NFC. No, he chose the AFC. He went over to Cleveland and, you know, just the, the arms race going on in the AFC right now, the chiefs needed to get better on offense. They need to get better with playmakers and they did it today. And I'm, I'm just ecstatic. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy because this obviously broke shortly after the news and we'll break this down on our, our main weekly podcast next week. But this came like minutes after the shock uh, of Deshaun Watson getting traded to the Browns after he was reportedly out on the Browns yesterday um, until they decided to give him a $230 million fully guaranteed uh, a week off of uh, getting a no bill at the uh, grand jury in Texas. Um, You saw Patrick Mahomes tweet Mm -hmm. the eyes and it's, this is the time of year where you cannot, you absolutely cannot read anything into an athlete putting the googly eyes on social media. You can't do it. You can't do it. And we both saw that tweet. I sent it to you. I said, LOL. And you were like, Oh, I mean, he's obviously he's, he's seen the Deshaun news. Yeah. Which was a fair, which was a fair interpretation. But about 10 minutes after that, (laughs) the man himself, Juju Smith Schuster. And I love this by the way, because this had been total radio silence. Like we heard early on in free agency, which we already knew because the chiefs offered him a contract last year. We knew that the chiefs were going to be in on him 
And we heard like the, you know, Sunday before free agency started, like these are the teams that are going to be interested in Juju. Yep. Chiefs were among them. Um, you know, there was some trepidation, you know, since Wednesday, the uh, Raiders went out and traded for Devontae Adams. Uh, there was some, cer- certainly some concerns, some anxiety that the Packers might suddenly, you know, become a major player for Juju services since they traded away the best wide receiver in the NFL, arguably. Mm-hmm. But you know, this just kind of came out of nowhere on a Friday afternoon. It was a, it was such a blessing to just have his tweet retweeted into our timeline saying Kansas city, let's go. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. It's so fun. It's, it's just the exact thing I needed going into the weekend when I was really worried that the chiefs were lagging behind and that everyone was talking about Veach being asleep at the wheel. And to be and clear, they were lagging behind. They were lagging behind and he was asleep at the wheel. There's no, <laughs> there's no denying that things were going slowly. But as you pointed out to me, a great reply to this whole situation was, you know, the Chiefs are in good shape when all it takes to bring the entire kingdom back on board is signing a wide receiver two for a one year deal. But it's more than just that. It, it the, the potential for this offense with a guy like Juju in it is leaps and bounds better than what they were looking at before his signing. And it's just it's another affirmation that the Chiefs are still very much a player and more than a player they're the still the clubhouse favorite in the afc west and arguably in the afc i know a lot of people are on the buffalo train right now but uh that's happened before and didn't quite work out so until the chiefs don't host the afc championship game they are they are in this thing for the long haul i mean listen this is a this is a major signing it it has i think ripple effects right like the offense was great last year they finished third in offensive DVOA uh, last year through Football Outsiders. And that included like a two-month slump where Mahomes was playing the worst he's ever played in the NFL. It included it included the entire league changing how they play defense to shut the Chiefs down. And it included the Chiefs having to change to a style of offense that early on in the year they were not as comfortable playing with. And you know, took away a lot of the explosive plays that they fed off of in 2018 and 2019 and 2020, you know, that they really lived off of. And despite that, they were the third best offense in the NFL last year. (laughs) And they didn't have a third receiving option, right? Like not a good one, not a reliable one. You know, Pringle was okay. And McCall Hardman flashed in, in a limited role, but when you add in a Juju Smith-Schuster, a guy that has had a 1,400-yard season and a 900-yard season, I mean, like, these are both good years, and that was back when Big Ben could actually play. You know, when you add that player in as your third receiving option, and now suddenly McCall Hardman is like, he, he doesn't have to be your third receiving option. Now he's your fourth receiving option. And he is now playing in, you know, he can be more of a role player, right? Like, because you have a reliable third option that's, you know, going to be able to soak up some targets. The Chiefs lost about, um, I think it was 102 targets from their receivers they had last year in in Robinson and Pringle. And, you know, if they give 102 targets to Juju instead of 102 targets to Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle, they're going to get better production from Juju Smith-Schuster because he's a better player. Well, and I'll Um, tell you one thing. When Juju had his 1,400-yard season in 2018, do you know what a big, big, big key for that was? Antonio Brown. Yes, his wide receiver one was a 5'10", 185-pound athletic freak. And guess who the Chiefs have at wide receiver one? Let me give you a hint. A 5'10", 185-pound athletic freak. So they – Fortunately, is not as much of a freak mentally. Uh, correct. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, 
you know, the the Tyreek Hill and AB comps have been there athletically for a while. And although AB didn't, you know, quite have the top end speed that Tyreek had, he does a lot of the same type of playmaking stuff. And when he was the wide receiver one and Juju could eat underneath and AB would take the top off the defense and then Juju would sit there. I mean, talk about a cover two breaker. Talk about a yeah. guy that can absolutely oh, totally. just go out there and and turn around after eight yards and and just shred any cover two defenses. I mean, this is this is the the final missing piece to the Chiefs' offense. I believe now we could still use a right tackle and a running back. Those would be two things that the Chiefs could improve on. But even if they don't, and even if it's Andrew Wiley and Lucas Nyang at right tackle, and Ooh, by the way, there, Andrew Wiley, I just realized because I I tweeted out that the Chiefs have the best offensive line the best receiving weapons the best play caller and the best quarterback in the afc west the much vaunted afc west the much ballyhooed afc west yeah which is true but i've which been getting true. a lot of pushback you know people are like uh right tackle andrew wiley's the best right tackle in the afc west <laughs> that's right he is and he, he is. dominates max crosby yeah i mean well, he's... He, he literally is yeah yeah like the broncos don't even currently have a right tackle Correct. the uh the chargers left our wow. right tackle currently is storm norton who is yes a revolving door. He's terrible. He's literally like one of the worst right tackles in the NFL. Uh-huh. And the Raiders right tackle, they've tried Leatherwood out there. He was awful at it. Like awful. they don't, they essentially awful. don't have a right tackle either. Andrew Wiley is like the best right tackle in the AFC West by default, but and, also he's pretty good. And the second best right tackle in the AFC West might be Lucas Niang. <laughs> it might be. I mean, it so it really might be. Yeah. So miss me with this whole talk about the Chiefs not having a good line. And, and first of all, I mean, even if it is just right tackle, the left right. four, no one ever has five Hall of Famers along the line unless you're the 03 Chiefs. So, I mean, right. Right. It, the whole thing is hilarious. And now the Chiefs have positioned themselves. Now they're kind of back in the catbird seat. They're back to they where got their swagger back. they got their swagger back. And anyone they add from this point on is really going to be icing on the cake. Now, I know edge rush is a must, but I mean, if you go out there and you've got, you know, Frank Clark and Mike Dana as your two edge rushers yeah they're going to be the worst edge rushers in the afc west but they're not going to like lose you games they're not going to be the reason that you know the the chiefs offense is going to be the reason that the chiefs win or lose games next year and they prove that with this signing college basketball fans join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings sportsbook turn your team's victory into your own big win new customers can bet five dollars on any team to win and get two hundred dollars in free bets if they do it's that simple if they win you win if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like who will make it to the next round and who will hit the most three-pointers. Then track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any College Hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 or older restrictions apply see episode summary for details you know one of the things that i thought was cool about this um we've we've bemoaned the fact that guys don't seem to want to come and play with patrick mahomes and the chiefs certainly Mm -hmm. not to the extent that you would expect guys to want to come and play with patrick mahomes and the chiefs the team that's been to four straight afc championship games that's hosted four straight afc championship games and you know this week obviously the uh the Broncos are feeling themselves. The Chargers are feeling themselves. The Raiders, after trading for Devontae Adams last night, are feeling themselves. Juju came out and said today, I am going to play with a future Hall of Fame quarterback to play with one of the best to ever do it. My goal as a player is to win, so I'm going to Kansas City with the hopes 
of winning a Super Bowl. Love it. Yeah. And the Chiefs players are into it too. Even Chris Jones, Chris Jones, who obviously doesn't doesn't play on offense, not an offensive player, posted a picture of him um, meeting up with Juju after the Chiefs beat them in the playoffs and said, Corvette, Corvette, it was all part of the plan. <laughs> and it just is, it's fun. Like we haven't addressed Juju's uh, social media presence, his, his TikTok presence, but like. There's a reason we haven't addressed it. It's no big deal. It's no big deal. But more than that, to me, I, I'm into it. It's fun. Sure. Like sure. Jackson was into it. He tweeted out some dancing, two dancing guy emojis side by side, right? Like it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> like definitely going to collab for sure. And they are definitely going to collab. I went on his Twitter today and his, uh, or on his TikTok today and his TikTok today was uh smash or pass. And it was like badass cartoon characters. It was, it was bizarre, awesome. but it was funny and it was awesome. lighthearted and it was, he's it a kid. Was, He's, he's 25. He's 25 years old. Listen, yeah. I, we got to talk about this for a second because I've been going at it with Broncos fans, obviously. Obviously. Week. And, you know, Broncos fans think that they have, like, one of the best wide receiving cores in the NFL, right? Okay. Right. I just want to hit you with some numbers, okay? Uh, Cortland Sutton, okay? Big, big, uh, big Broncos receiver. They love him. They think that he's probably, like, a top 24 wide receiver in the NFL. They probably think uh, okay. that. Yeah, they probably do, but I'm 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 being generous to us, <laughs> yeah, 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 and in putting him at the lower end. Okay, here are Cortland Sutton's best season, which was in 2019, uh, 124 targets, 72 receptions, 1,112 yards, six touchdowns. Okay, okay, that's his best season. Okay, yeah. Juju in 2020, which isn't even that long ago, had 97 receptions, 831 yards, nine touchdowns. All right, so, you know, 300 yards short. That was playing with the ghost of Ben Roethlisberger. In Juju's best season overall, 2018, so just one year more distant than Sutton's, 1,426 yards, so 300 more yards, on 111 receptions, seven touchdowns. And that's Cortland Sutton, who is arguably, inarguably, the Broncos' most accomplished wide receiver. All right? Tim Patrick? They just signed him to a big extension. Guess what Tim Patrick's career high in yards in a single season is? God, it can't be that good. It's probably like 700. It is 742 yards. Sure, yeah. And last year he had 734 yards. Okay, Jerry Judy's career high in yards came last season, 856 yards. That's it. That's 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 his career high. So you've got a guy in Juju Smith-Schuster who I think arguably is better than any wide receiver on the Broncos, and he's our third receiving option. Yeah. So, like, miss me with you having one of the best wide receiver cores in the AFC West. You don't. You don't no. even have one of the. You don't even have one of the best wide receiver cores in the division, let alone in the NFL. It's ridiculous. Same thing with the Chargers. We're now deeper than them. With the Raiders, I think it becomes an interesting question because obviously you have Devontae Adams versus Tyree Kill. That's a pretty close race, but I think most people would probably sure. say Devontae is I mean, Devontae is better. Certainly, um, they're in the conversation with each other. Yeah. Yeah, they are. And then you have Travis Kelsey versus Darren Waller, which really, yeah, not, not a comparison. I mean, like, well, I, I mean, mean listen, I think Darren Waller's is probably the third best tight end in the sure. NFL, but that's a big gap still. It is a big gap. And and no one really can credibly make the argument that he is currently better than Travis Kelsey. No, agreed. So then you get into an interesting kind of conversation when you get from wide receiver or the third receiving option on down, because you have the number one receiving option is obviously a wide receiver and number two is a tight end for both yeah. teams. You've got Juju versus Hunter Renfro. You know, Hunter Renfro. And Hunter Renfro last year was pretty good. I mean, like he had a good year, right? Yeah, like, like for the first time ever for him. Right. I mean, so his first two seasons, 605 yards. His second season, 656. Last year, 1,038 yards and nine touchdowns 
on 103 receptions, uh, you know, 10.1 yards per reception. So he was kind of playing that, you know, slot underneath roll. The Raiders didn't throw the ball downfield and they didn't have Waller for a portion of the season. So he was getting force fed targets. Um, I know because I went against him in fantasy playoffs in one of my leagues and he just put up like 12 receptions for 70 yards against the chiefs. That one uh, game and it was terrible. But listen, I mean, like, there's certainly an argument to be made that Juju is better than Hunter Renfro. And by the way, despite the fact that Hunter Renfro has played in the league for three years and Juju has played in the league for five years, Juju is a full year younger than Hunter Renfro. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. He's also a year younger than Cortland Sutton, who yeah. has also played four seasons in the NFL to Juju's five. It's yeah, he's, absurd he's how younger young than Juju Tyreek. It's crazy. It's it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, he's um He's he's one of those signings that, and you know, I think some people might be a little bummed out that it was only the one year deal. Now we should yeah, talk about the money up. involved for a second. It was a ten point seven five million dollar maximum value, but there's only three million dollars of that that's base. The rest of that's incentives. What's really fun about doing an incentive laden deal for a guy that was hurt last year is you can designate a lot of the the incentive markers that he's supposed to get to as unlikely to be earned because you compare it to last year's numbers and Juju only had 125 yards last year before he got injured. So you could even set anything above that and it qualifies as unlikely to be earned, which in contract terms just means that if he does earn those incentives, they don't have to be paid. That bill doesn't come due until between the 2022 and 2023 seasons helps the cap this year. It really, he only took $3 million off the, off the cap. And so the chiefs were able to do some massaging there with that deal. And I'm sure if the if the marriage fits and if Juju has success and if the Chiefs feel like the offense has taken a step forward with him in there, I mean, I have no doubt in my mind that they would then work something out next offseason to get him back here for maybe a little bit longer. But, you know, he's coming off an injury and they needed the cap help. So they figured probably, OK, let's just start with the one and go from there. Um, I really think that it was a smart deal by the Chiefs. It's a very low cost, very high reward move. Yeah. And really, you know, the. Let's let's just workshop for a minute the different scenarios here. Maybe he goes out and he isn't very good. I think it's unlikely, but I guess it's possible. Sure. Uh, or he comes in and he he gets hurt. Right? He's had you know last year was really the only year that he's had a really significant injury. Um, you know the only other year that he's played under thirteen games or played under fourteen games was twenty nineteen. He played in twelve games. So let's say he comes in, he isn't very good, or he's hurt. Well. Okay, he's not going to earn the incentives, and he only costs three million dollars, and yeah. he's only on a one-year deal. So you know, okay, it didn't work out, but fine. If he comes in and balls out, and the Chiefs can't afford him, then yeah. he'll go out and he'll at least get the Chiefs a comp pick, or they could even potentially franchise tag him and trade him. I mean, and if like, he balls out, they won the Super Bowl. So right, exactly, exactly. That. So like, how bad of a scenario is that, really? And you know, I think the most likely scenario is he comes in, he's pretty good. And the Chiefs are interested in and have the money to retain him, and they give him, you know, a three-year extension, and they get yep. something out. I mean, yep. it, it's a, it's really a no-lose scenario to bring him in, and I just think it, I think it really raises my expectations again, um, because you know, listen, I, we got to be honest with ourselves. Like, I hear you, people are, that are saying, you know, everything is fine, everything's fine. We have Patrick Mahomes, we have Andy Reid. Yeah, that's true, but like. Boy, I mean, the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Broncos all got a lot better this offseason. There's not really any way around that. And no. whether they had closed the distance enough to really threaten the Chiefs 
is up for debate, but they certainly, they all dramatically improved. Um, PFF has a, a wins above replacement uh, metric. And, you know, when the Raiders pulled off that trade for Devontae Adams yesterday, the Broncos were the number one most improved team, according to that metric. Yeah. Uh, the Raiders were the number two most improved team. Son of a bitch. And the Chargers, I believe, were the number four most improved team. <laughs> so, so, you know, we're talking about a a division and a conference. We'll talk about this more on the main pod um, in the middle of the week that just has been going absolutely bananas for a full week. It did not let up from Monday to Friday afternoon with the hits just kept on coming. Yeah. You know, it's quarterbacks, it's pass rushers, it's wide receivers, the AFC going absolutely bananas just to get to where the chiefs have already been, which is yeah. to the top of the mountain, the last AFC team to win the super bowl. And they did it with Patrick Mahomes. And this is why all these teams are doing what they're doing. And the Chiefs had to respond, and they did respond.